right. It's uh, Tanya from Tanya.net again. We're um, driving north after Cavalina with Mark Dempsey in this 365 GT2 Plus 2. Um, last time you heard from us, we were uh, driving um, his, his car down and, you know, uh, or driving afterwards, and we were coming back from Cavalino, and he, he just heard the story about his car. Well, um, I think you'd like, we wanted to share with you a little story about our trip home. And um, it all started out, we, um, we stopped in Savannah, Georgia, after, uh, after driving about six hours from, from uh, Palm Beach. And uh, all, as usual, the car was running great. Um, everything was doing really well, and, and we stopped in for a nice leisurely dinner in Savannah down on River Street. We uh, had, a great, had a great dinner. Great dinner, good night's sleep. Figured, okay, well, we've got about nine hours to get to uh, to get to Maryland where Mark is, and I, I kind of figured, okay, well, let's leave early because I'm really kind of beat and um, you know be away from the family for so long. I figured, okay, well, if we leave early, we get to Maryland, and I'm just going to get my car and uh, shoot the last five hours from there. So it was going to be a long haul. We we're going to hammer it away and just try to get home. So we left got back onto the interstate where my sister is in, in Savannah. She's, she's really close to, to I-95 where we spent the night. So got up at 6, showered, got cleaned up, packed up, ready to go. little frost in the morning. It was probably, a, and actually there was frost on the car, so it was a chilly, you know, Georgia morning. Very, usually, you know, not horrible, uh, rare, but, but chilly. And um, we couldn't have been on the road for a while. Like, Five minutes. Five minutes, and it's it's still dark out. Headlights are on, and I'm I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and I hear boom, and it's all of a sudden like I I just completely shocked, scares the heck out of me, and I look behind us, and I hear something like just scratching and I look behind me, and I see sparks just flying like a, out, just like a James Bond car spark. Rooster tail of sports. And, and, you know, we're in traffic. We're in like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning traffic. Everybody's kind of going to work. Must have scared the heck out of the person behind us because, you know, you couldn't see anything and all you saw were sparks flying out from the car. Now, you know, that kind of stuff happens. I mean, I'll let you, Mark tell his side, but, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind because it was like, what could that sound be? I mean, it wasn't like a tire or something. Like, you know, Mark, the car was still moving straight. Um, it wasn't like he lost control of the car, but I, you know, I wasn't on the gas, and he's driving, so I couldn't feel the rest of it. But the first thing I thought was broken U-joint, and the drive shaft is now dragging on the on the on the ground. But you know, as you're going through this, the the, the, the million case scenarios of that sound, I'm, there's a little thing in the back of mind saying, "What car are we driving?" And I'm thinking, 365 GT2 Plus Two, independent rear suspension. I don't believe these have drive shafts. I think there's a, it's a torque tube, but it was like, but at the same time, you know, as you, the logic side is, is, is going through my mind, the, 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 the other, you know, sensory perception side is, is saying, you know, that's very well possibly what it could be. And at the same time, I mean, this takes the course of 15 seconds of happening is what rushes through your mind. Then all of a sudden I'm sitting going, okay, well, we've got a broken car. Can we fix it on the side of the road? Are we, how am I going to get home tonight, you know, to, to New York, 
and and how am I gonna, you know, all this stuff was just like, okay, we're gonna have to call AAA, and and you know, here's Tom, you know, the the you know, budding Ferrari mechanic, and let's see if Tom can fix this thing, you know, what could it be? And I'm just and, and I'm really really worried. And Mark should just you know interject whatever he wants, but you certainly tell me your, what you heard. Like you said, in just a matter of seconds, all these things go through your mind, and in just a matter of seconds, it was like my life flashed before my eyes, kind of thing. Where I'm like, okay, it could be this, this, or this. One thought I had was, okay, I've dropped the exhaust, and now I'm gonna have to tie it up. What do I tie it up with? Oh, that's right. I have a coat hanger in my garment bag, and this is literally in seconds. It's racing through your mind from worst case to best case scenarios, but the noise. Sounded it was scary, bad. Yeah, it was just grinding, and like I said, sparks were shooting up, and it was dark out. And it was the sun had really, you know, it, the sky was getting that early uh, morning light, you know, but really not not enough to put light on it. So of course, Mark pulls over right to the shoulder. Pull over on the shoulder, but also just because I'm always afraid to be on the shoulder, I pulled over onto the grass off the shoulder, and the noise stopped at that point. When we but, came to a stop. Yeah, and I, I hadn't heard it stop, but I just knew that something was bad and we were on soft grass, so I kind of jumped out and, um, you know, I'm scrambling for a flashlight. I said, Mark, you got a flashlight? Mark's like, no, I, I don't have a flashlight. And I and I remember I always carry this tiny little mag light, which is a AAA, AAA uh, flashlight, AAA battery flashlight, which is, you know, and, and that kind of light, of course, with a battery that you know, I had used in ages, could barely see anything. So we start looking under the car, and the first thing I do is go under the front, because I'm also thinking, you know, could we have thrown a rod? Could we have, you know, it, it didn't sound like a thrown rod, but it was like, we. but what could it have been? So I go to the front, I look under, we pop the hood, nothing's wrong, I look behind the car, I can't see anything drag. I don't see anything yeah, I, dragging under the car. I was shocked. I went around to the back of the car and got down one knee and glanced under the car. And yeah, I, we both were just puzzled. We were standing there and the not We couldn't. We couldn't find anything wrong, and Mark didn't want to shut the car off. So, and we looked at gauges, and you know, he had oil pressure, and they had you know the temperature gauge. There was no smoke. I looked in the back; the exhaust was still puffing away, and the car was idling nice and even, and, and it was like nothing had happened. And then, you know, as I'm looking at the car, Mark's kind of walking back down the highway, and I said, "Well, what could he be looking down the highway at? Because he's maybe Mark's thinking he dropped something." And, or something fell out from under the car, and I thought, well, Mark's not going to see it because if we, you know, we must have driven at least a half a mile before, you know, before we pulled over. So whatever we dropped is a half a mile. And I was like, I hope he's not planning on walking back up the highway. And then Mark looks down, and he picks something up. And there I pick up a big, giant, heavy, heavy three-ball trailer tom that goes into a trailer receiver. A class three trailer hitch with the three balls of three selectable sizes and I, he picks it up and he goes this is what it was and I was like you gotta be kidding me and and he says look and I look and it's like it was it was what we dragged and was sparking all over the ground until we pulled off onto the soft shoulder and it got dislodged from under the car so the second he said that and he looked at it and you, you saw the grind marks on the bottom of the thing and it looked fresh and you could then he said, you know, there was there's this trail of it going all the way down the highway. So at that point, I got down on the front of the car and looked down because I said, okay, well, what was the first point of impact? And I and I looked at the belly pan or the nose pan, and it was all intact. And luckily for that, that shield 
most most of the oil pan, so it wasn't like you know it, it could have hit the if it didn't hit that shield and shatter that, then it didn't hit the oil pan, and I still didn't see any oil leaking. So I felt. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, and I felt that um, okay. Well, we're okay so far. And then I looked all the way down with my flashlight, and just as far as I could see, I could see that the exhaust was and and just the part of the rear rear differential was was enough to, to see down there and I said okay well if it hit anything it probably got hit by the exhaust pipe that was hanging down and it, it would just kind of hit that and that, that was the boom and it must have just it, it, you know the 365 exhaust kind of starts out down each side and then and then makes like a 90 degree turn and then and then goes down the center of the car and then goes back out again and it makes like this this little little area where it's a perfect thing and if you think about like this this trailer hitch it looked like, you know, the trailer hitch looked like a, a you know, a, a, a road grappling hook. Yeah, like a grappling hook in, 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 in sense, but except, you know, with no sharp edges, but that's the perfect shape of it. So it caught whatever was lowest, and that's where it caught. So we're kind of sitting there, and now, you know, of course, both of us are sweating because we're standing on the side of the road. It's twilight. It's like you're just waiting for somebody to run us over. So we're like, well, let's get in the car. Mark said, well, I'm keeping this. And I said, you better well keep it at least for a souvenir. And he's like, well, I could use this. So he uh, he wrapped it, threw it in the truck, and, and, and on down the road we went. And so, you know, we're kind of looking at gauges, and I kept saying, Mark, you know, just keep driving. We can't see anything because it's so dark. I mean, like I said, we never even saw it in the road. Um, I, think, I think we went about an hour, and you suggested that we... We had enough daylight, and a rest stop was coming up. Right. And, and you suggested, and I agreed. We should pull, we over, pull over and, and check a in the daylight. Look at, the, at the car, you know, just so that we could just be sure. I don't, I don't feel comfortable like just going along. So we pulled over at a, at a rest stop, and uh, Mark went went to the bathroom, and I kind of walked around the car and just tried to put the whole thing together and think what, how big this piece is, and what it would have gone on. And when I, and I finally got some light. You know, to see better, I looked on the right side, and the part of which the exhaust, when it made the 90-degree turn towards the inside of the car, it was completely compressed flat, like squished flat. It, it, the, the, this this trailer hitch hit so hard that the two pipes that run parallel with each other had gotten crushed and squeezed down. When I saw that, and Mark left the car idling again, so I immediately went to the back of the car to look out the back, and sure enough, uh, the right exhaust, the center one, you know, towards the center of the car, there was hardly any, any puffing coming out of that. And I put my hand down on it, and if I had to guess pressure-wise, there was probably 20% pressure coming out of that pipe, and there was, you know, compared to the one on the, on the uh, outside pipe, and um, I said, well, that, that can't be good. So, of course, once you see that, you know, Mark came out and I said, well, I found your problem. And, and we said, well, well, what do you think we should do? And, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make this uh, assessment on the fly. And I'm saying, okay, well, let's think about this. Okay, we, it still has some kind of flow because it's got 20%. It still has, it, it, uh, the, the car is idling okay, so it's not so bad that it's stalling out or at least it's not bumpy where oh, you're, you're running well on six cylinders and they the six cylinders that are being restricted are um, are not are too restricted that it can't idle right. It idled perfectly fine, and um, so we said, "Well, there's nothing we can do with this rest stop." You know, and Mark and I kind of were talking and trying to figure out, you know, 
what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, what, what is, what is gonna, what is it gonna hurt? Can we make it home without doing anything? So, there's nothing in the Ferrari toolkit that we could think of that was gonna help us right Right, there. I mean, like, do you bang it out? I mean, how do you bang it out? I mean, obviously, it's like once you crush a pipe, you know, trying to, trying to straighten it back out with, with just rudimentary tools was, was, a, was near impossible. So, so we kind of said, all right, well, it's idling, let's just, you know, head down the road a little bit further. I mean, there no, we were in a part of South Carolina at that point, and there was really nothing around. So we kind of drove along, and, and it was now 8 o'clock in the morning. And um, I said, well, it's just getting to time where the guys at the shops, the two shops that I worked at, were, were rolling into work. So I said, well, you know, let's let's do a let's let's do a consult. You know, I, I need some help. You know, and I and I just need to talk this through with some of my buddies. So I called Sport Auto up in Connecticut, and, and Sean took my call, and, and um, you know, I said, Sean, I told him the story, and, and uh, he said, okay, well, with a restriction like that, you know, you have to worry about running too rich, and um, you could you could you know you, the way the pipes in the front. You know, we were, we were talking about the you know describing the way the pipes run. Obviously, they on a Ferrari they run three to one, and then the one on one side runs down one pipe, but the muffler cans basically have four in, four out. So basically, what I was you know talking out loud with Sean and saying, well, you know, I know that the mufflers I've cut some of these open, and the through pipes are usually are usually perforated. So even though it's one pipe in, one pipe out, there I mean two pipes in, two pipes out, and they run parallel, they're not sealed away from each other in the can. So I was trying to talk it through to, to ask him now, if I plugged up one pipe, would the pressure be equalized on the other pipe since it would still seem to be flow out of the, the second pipe? And you know, he and I talked about it, and he says, yeah, there's some packing in there, and I also know that a lot of times the packing just kind of disintegrates, going to blown out. So we're just kind of saying, you know, what what do you think? And you know, we kind of both concluded that it, the best case scenario would be to you know, you know, if there was a lot of packing, that's not good because you're not going to blow that past that across the can, and you're really restricting three out of the six cylinders. But we did stop. We stopped again and checked, and we checked to, to make sure that the headers weren't blowing cherry right. red. One of the one of the suggestions that Sean said to me, you can you can try to see whether or not you're getting heat, too much heat from one side to the other. And you know, I know perfectly well what how, what 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 exhaust pipes look like low chain or end. That's happened to me on my car. So what I did was I um we pulled over and you know just looking at the radiant heat, you couldn't really see it. So it couldn't look right, but I didn't see any cherry redness in it. And what I did was just a real simple test. Was I spit on the on the shield, you know, and and uh, you know on the backside where the one that would have been locked, it didn't evaporate any faster than it wasn't like spitting on a hot griddle. Um, so it kind of made me feel a little bit better that okay, it's, it's not super hot. So we kind of jumped back on the road, and then it got a little bit later, and I figured, okay, well, let me. I, I got a call Francois. Now that now it was a little bit later, it wasn't too early to call him. I called him and uh, told him the story, and Francois was a little bit more, you know, he 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 just basically said, no, no, you have to you have to fix it. He says you. He said, uh, you blow the head gasket, too much back pressure, and you're going to blow the head gasket. And that's when I was like, you know, as Francois was telling me this, you know, he said, I brought, he brought up a really good point. I mean, him not knowing how much back pressure there is, his feeling is, you know, better safe than sorry, don't drive it, you know, because it's true. It, 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 you know, his feeling, and of course, his, his wide 
uh, you know, uh, knowledge based and based on his personal experiences that he's seen that happen, I guess. I mean, every time in the past when I've worked with him, when he says, don't do this because you could blow the head gasket, it's not because it's a theoretical. He's seen it happen. So as we're driving down the highway, he's telling me, I'm looking at Mark and I'm like telling him to slow down, you know, just slow down a little bit. And, and we're, we're trying to, you know, maybe turn the revs, bring the revs down a little bit. And, um, and so we, we took the next exit. I mean, we just kind of pulled right over. And um, we just not even looking and, and there was a truck stop. So, you know, we said, let's try the truck stop. And, um, and don't be offended. Because I'm originally from Mississippi in a southern port heart, but we basically stopped at Billy Bob's Truck Repair Center, which is the best way to describe it. Right. And and so we pulled in, and I'm, you know, Mark accuses me, and, and he's right for accusing me of this. You know, I'm, I'm all the scenarios of like, you know, two guys driving a red Ferrari stopping in a, in a truck stop for help, and, and, you know, it's first thing in the morning, Monday morning, and I can only imagine, you know, what they see. And at first, it looked pretty good. It was they had everything they had. And what we actually, I suggested, I kind of looked at it and said, "Look, quick, easy fix. Get us back on the road. Get us home. Or are we going to try to? You know, you're obviously not going to get a new exhaust put in. But my first thing was, let's get a half inch drill bit. We'll drill, um, we'll drill before the collapsed pipe, and drill straight through these pipes." So that way the pressure comes out, you know, one or two holes on each of these pipes would, would totally be fine. It might be as not as a little restrictive compared to, you know, having it on an open pipe, but certainly not damaging enough that we couldn't make it home. And my feeling is, okay, it might be a little bit louder. We still had the front muffler can, so it was going to muffle a little bit. But I said, worst or simplest fix is to do that. Drill holes right through. It's not going to weaken the pipe, and it wouldn't last, you know, the several hundred miles that we had to make it home. And uh, so that was the pitch. That was what I was going to try to do, was go up to these guys and say, listen, guys, you know, if they didn't have a drive-on lift or they didn't have a lift because it was a truck stop, I kind of figured, well, just lend me your drill and your, and your half-inch drill bit, or you do it, and just drill me a couple holes, and, and then we'll be on your way. And at first, it looked... It looked pretty promising. Well, the helper was awesome. The helper was there, and talked to him, and he's like, yeah, no problem, but my boss is running late today, and he's got the keys to all the toolboxes, so we had to wait for the boss. Yeah, so, so finally, we're waiting, and, you know, it's not, you know, we probably waited only about 15 minutes, and then the boss pulls up, and, um, you know, I'm sure the kid tells him in the office, and then he comes out, you know, you, I don't know, I had a feeling that it didn't look good just by, you know, he just, you know, look, it's Monday morning, he's running late, the kid couldn't even, he had a, uh, he had a trail, uh, a tractor there that needed an oil change, and he didn't have the, he didn't even have the, the, uh, the, the, the filter wrench to, to open up the, to take the filter off, so he kind of like started to drain this this uh, tractor trailer's uh, um, you know oil to do an oil change first in the morning, and he was dead in the water until his boss and, until his boss showed up to unlock the tool uh, toolbox. So the kid wasn't lying to us; it's just like their tools locked up, and so the boss is not in a good mood. I can tell he's not in a good mood. 
and uh, kind of try to tell them the story. They're just like, look, we're down on our luck. It was a really bad thing, but we're trying to just get back on the road. He puts one knee down, looks underneath it, and sees the pipe, and he just goes, well, I can't fix this. And, you know, it was just like, what do you mean you can't fix this? I mean, I'm not asking you to fix it. We're just tell- I told, I just said, look, we're just going to drill a hole in it to, to take the back pressure off and get down the road. And he's just like, you need to go to a Meineke muffler shop, which is 10 miles back down the road. And, uh, and you know, Mark kind of said, yeah, but what about a drill? Can we just, well, he goes, and he looks across the, and what did, what did he say? Well, I, I said, I, I said, if you don't want to fix it, I understand. Can you loan us a drill and a drill bit? We'll pay you for the use of your tools, and we'll do it. And he said, he said, well, that's over there in the other cabinet, and I don't have a key to that. Well, in the meantime, I had already seen his air drill on the bench and his bits on the bench. So it was obvious he didn't want to mess with it. Yeah, and, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was that, uh, you know, whether it was, like, the fact that we were there in a Ferrari, and, you know, as, as, uh, as I'm looking, it's like I had all the reasons in my head why he said no, and Mark had other reasons, and maybe the same reasons why he said no, and we just basically realized we're not getting anywhere with this guy. So we got back on the road, and, you know, unfortunately had to head south because the, the biggest town that we had was, you know, 10 miles south of us. So we got south, and, you know, again, great tool was I turned on my GPS box and punched in auto services and found... Uh, the shop that was listed, and it was it was uh, Bob's Master Ben Muffler, and it was in uh, Waterboro, South Carolina. And um, I said, okay, well, this one sounds pretty good because you know the problem with, and you know, no offense, anybody out there owns a you know chain muffler shop. You know, it's chain muffler shops are run with a bunch of kids that basically order parts from the parts store, and and you know really don't know how to do custom stuff. And you know, unless you get a muffler shop that is owned by a guy who has hair or, 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 you know, knows, has a little bit of experience, they don't, number one, you know, not the, if we just wanted to drill holes, that's fine, but it's the sensibility that I was worried about. So seeing a regular muffler shop, I said, well, let's try for that one. Well, so, especially one with that name, Master Ben. Yeah, Master Ben, right. So uh, so we, uh, we, we just drive down the road, and, and there he is, and, and it was about... 9.15 or so in the morning at this point and I said, well, this could be bad. Monday morning, 9.15, you know, I know up by me, if, if you don't get to a shop, if you're just a walk-in, if you don't get there before 8 o'clock, you've got five people in front of us. And, and I was worried. So we walked in and there was a Lexus on the, and, you know, there was an older Lexus, but it was up on the lift and uh, the guy was there, I forget what his, I forgot his name, Bob was, Bob was his, um, I think it was Bob. No, but it was, I think Bob was his uncle. And, no, Bob and, was his uncle. Right, and, right, or his father's name. And he's, he's there with his wife, and, and uh, she sees us pull up, and, and uh, you know, we tell them the story. And he says, all right, well, let's let's get you up on the lift. And, and so he he's waiting on a gasket for the Lexus, so he pulls the Lexus off, and uh, we pull the car up on the lift, and uh, we get up underneath it, and... Um, it's it's as bad as it looked, but you know, just peeking out, peeking under the car. Worse. And and probably, probably worse. Because we could tell it was more. Because crushing. what happened was, it actually what well, is true. It was worse because I just thought one pipe was pretty compressed, and the one behind it might have been a little compressed. But when I got up there, I mean, when it was up in the air, we really looked at it. It was both pipes were pretty well compressed, you know. 
And um, Pete looked at it, and I told him my idea of either getting, you know, like Sean suggested, maybe try to get a large vice grip around it or something and try to squeeze it a little bit just to relieve the pressure. But the way it was bent, it was, it's amazing when you apply enough force to steel, how it can just turn into like a tin can. It can compress just as, just as identical to a tin can when you apply enough pressure. And both pipes were crushed like as if you had stepped on a soda can. And um, which I'm sure you'll see pictures of it when you when you uh, look at this, uh, you know, like around January of uh, 2008. If you go to the website, I'll, I'll post pictures of the of the pipe. But I think he basically said, I'll, I'll just fix it. Yeah, he said, well, you could drill holes. That's not a problem. He said, or I could just fix it. And Mark was just like, well, you know, I I don't know. I mean, you know. Is it, are you going to be able to fix it right? And he, he was really kind of a great old Southern guy. He looks at him, well, it's what I do for a living here. And it was just like so obvious. You know, Mark is saying, yeah. you know, well, I don't know. Can you can you, can you, can you bend pipe? And it was just like he had the, the hydraulic pipe bender. He had a muffler shop. And he kind of just looked at Mark and just said, well, what do you think I do here? Yeah. You know? And so I kind of looked at Mark and I said, you know what? The, the deal is this, is that. You know, we're talking about it, and, and um, on the drive, the 10-mile drive over to the shop, Mark was saying, "Oh well, you know, maybe if, if we, after we drill the holes, we're going to, you know, we're obviously going to destroy the pipe, but it's destroyed anyway. So maybe it's time that I put a full exhaust in, and um, this and that." He goes, "I know the resonators are starting to rust a little bit, and uh, you know, maybe that's 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 probably what I'm going to have to do now." And um, so now we're at the shop, and the guy's just saying, "Look, I can bend." pipe and latch it pretty close and I'm looking at it and I said well where do you plan on cutting and, I, and you know I said are you gonna are you saving this hanger or are you gonna do this because I mean obviously I've done my pipe a little bit and I kind of want to know how he's gonna do it and he explained what he was gonna do and I looked and thought and said to Mark I said you know what that's the, probably the smartest thing to do right now because if he's if he's gonna um if he's gonna cut the hanger off and then he's gonna bend the pipe and he's gonna reattach the hanger you what? basically have the same exhaust that you had before we had the impact. And plus he said he was going to weld it, not... And yeah, not he's not going to slam it. Fitting. So he was just going to weld it together. I mean, it was just going to be a MIG weld. It wasn't going to be like mandrel bent and everything. It was just a regular pipe bender. But my feeling is with some black paint, and unfortunately everybody who hears this uh, podcast is going to know that Mark has a non-original, you know, hands of pipe. But for all you judges out there, I hope they're leading of knowing that, that part of it is, you know... But the thing is, Mark is back on the road. He doesn't, now it's not as pressing. If Mark decides that he's going to go with a full new exhaust, he can do it, but he can still drive his car. If we, you're right, if we drill holes in it, basically we're screaming all the way home with, with, with a perforated pipe. He gets home, he parks it, and immediately, if he plans on driving it, he's going to have to replace this exhaust system because we cut, you know, now it's Swiss cheese. If we do this for, I don't care how much money, I mean, how much could he charge, we we would be back on the road with a solid exhaust that has no holes in it, and if Mark wanted to wait 10 years from now, or 5 years from now, or until the resonators rotted out, he could do it, or he could do it next week. It gave him so much more possibility, and I said, Mark, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to spend your money, and I'm not, you know, and I'm certainly not selling this guy, but at the same time, what he's saying makes sense, and I, and I, my feeling is, let's do it, and Mark, you know, you know took my advice, and looked at the guy and says, ah, can you do it now? He said, I'll do it right now. And uh, he said, how long do you think it's going to take? And uh, he said, uh, he said, what, about an hour? He, he said, said an hour to an hour, an hour and a half. Two hour, yeah, hour, two hour job. So we said, all right, well, let's go. And, and, um, 
and so then he just started getting, he just got to work at it, and, and um, you know, just had this pipe in stock, he bent it, put it up in place, he welded it, and uh, within one hour, we had the pipe welded, and uh, you know, we, put it, we put it down, we fired it up to check for leaks, um, everything looked pretty good, and my thinking also was, you know, okay, you know, he was using a, a big, and it was a little, you know, a little thick, the welds were a little thick, and, you know, sloppy, and stuff. it wasn't horribly sloppy, it was just regular big welds. If you really want to get in there, just get in there with a little angle grinder, just grind the welds grind down, around, right. and then paint it with some thick, you know, paint, and, uh, you know, so, and, and uh, I'll tell you, unless you were hearing this podcast... <laughs> And uh, especially since now Mark's got a couple shows under his belt, you know, the judges aren't under there checking every section of pipe. It's impossible. And I, I really don't think that you would lose that much. I mean, maybe we're, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by telling you the story. But at the same time, you know, this is how you keep these cars on the road without spending a lot of money. So all this is done. You know, we're happy. We're going to take the, the trailer uh, hitch home and the bed pipe the because bed the bed pipe, pipe is just it's just a trophy. crazy thing you know, i should hang it on his garage wall and it'll make for a good story and uh and the guy goes in there mark goes to settle up and how much is it well we never even asked how much no we didn't because we figured you know shop hours you know, on the road. yeah but shop hours are like you know shop hours you know, i don't know how much they are down here but you know up by us even if it was 75 or Ninety-five dollars an hour. I mean, we watched them spend two an hour, or if you wanted to charge us two, whatever it was, and materials and all this other stuff. It was a hundred and twenty dollars. Plus, he inter- we interrupted his work. He was on. I mean, he pulled the car off the lift. He took us right in. He got us back on the road. It was ten thirty. We were back on the road at ten thirty. We couldn't have been happier. I mean, and uh, everybody was happy. He made a little. He made some money on. You know, as opposed to just having that one job there. And, uh, and we're back on the road, and we have an exhaust that will last until something else, you know, rots off. But this part that he did is perfectly strong, and uh, luckily Mark's pipe was pretty strong. And the other advice that I gave Mark was that Mark was kind of talking about, you know, well, well, maybe it's time to do an exhaust. And I said, you know, Mark, I tell you, your car sounds great. This, this, it's an ANSA exhaust. And now that we had it up on the lift and I had a closer look at it, this is an ANSA exhaust on this car, and it sounds great. If he then if he has to do a um, a replacement exhaust, if you can find an ANSA exhaust, which sometimes is difficult for model to model and supply right. and demand, that can be a problem. The other two choices or three choices are are the stainless steel, um, but they don't sound exactly like an ANSA. And I said to Mark, I said, you know, you are taking a big chance by deciding to just throw away this exhaust because. You know, because of a dent in it or a broken pipe or a, or a rusted resonator. Because when you change the whole exhaust, you have a really good possibility of changing the whole character and sound of this car. Right now, we know what this car sounds like. And as far as I'm concerned, it sounds fantastic. So don't mess with something that isn't broken. And don't go ready. Don't be so willing to go spend $3,000, you know, on an exhaust that might ruin the sound when we can get away with 120 and be down the road. And now, you know, we're heading home. And, and, and now, uh, running great. Back to the same sound. And, uh, you know, now all it is is you just need to put a little black paint on the on the new pipe and, and, and we're done. So, you know, I'm not a stickler for originality in the sense of, like, you know, this is what it takes to keep these cars running, you know. Um, but at the same time, we dodged a really big bullet. Indeed we did. Because I'm sure anybody, if, we, if you look at the pictures on the website of the, of the hitch that we hit, 
you got to imagine, of all the horrible things that could have happened, I mean, a car in front of us could have hit it, it could have blown up and hit us in the windshield. You could have run over it with a tire. You, you could have cracked, cracked your oil pan. You could have cracked your oil pan, not know a thing about, you know, a pint every half an hour, and then all of a sudden you lose oil pressure and you're not flat down the right time, and you could have, you know, ruined your engine. Or like Francois said, blown a head gasket. Now, does that, does that, um, scare people into driving their cars? Well, I hope not. My feeling about it is that you could take your car out for a Sunday drive, jump on the interstate, and the same thing could happen. You know, the probability of it happening in Georgia may be a little higher than it is in other states. Who knows? But my feeling about it is it certainly isn't something that, you know, I still say uh, drive these cars. Um, I still say, you know, uh, keep them out there. And, you know, and I hope Mark feels the same way. And, um, you know, this is maybe uh, maybe a little bit of luck shined on us because we are doing what we did. And, 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 the, and the powers that, 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 that or the stars aligned to, uh, to let us go on this one uh, because of what we're doing. And, and, I'm, and that's, that's what I'm going to think, and that's what I'm going to go with. And, and uh, I hope Mark feels the same way. Me too. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have changed my trip for anything, even with that little income. And, and thanks to, uh, you know, the guys with the advice, and, and I was happy to be able to reach them and, uh, you know, everybody who helped out. So uh, good story, I guess. You know, like I said, it's like sometimes no matter how bad or how good the story is, you know, or how bad or how well you got away with the story, you know, give it some time, and it, 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 you will look back, and it, 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 it'll be a hell of a story. And that's why I wanted to do this recording, because I want to record all the details before uh, Mark or I forgot it, and, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. So uh, that, that's the end of this one, but, uh, you know, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you guys soon.